It's FAQ NYC Presents, where the only podcast in the only city in the world brings in other voices to dig into what it's all about. I'm Harry Siegel, co-host and executive producer of FAQ NYC. Right now, you're going to be hearing part two of Hazard NYC, a four-part limited series looking at New York's four federal Superfund sites. Hazard NYC is hosted by Samantha Maldonado of the city and independent journalist Jordan Gaspore. Hazard NYC was made possible by support from the Fund for Investigative Journalism. The project was produced in partnership with the McGraw Center for Business Journalism at the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism, and it's part of the Pulitzer Center's Connected Coastlines Initiative. For more information, go to pulitzercenter.org forward slash connected hyphen coastlines. Hazard NYC is supported in part by New Lab, a platform helping deep tech startups succeed to address the climate crisis. Learn more at newlab.com. Let's jump right in. A menace lurks beneath the ground in North Brooklyn. These are toxic chemicals, and so they have pretty serious implications for human health um, and also environmental health. You can't see them or smell them, but they're creeping toward the surface. It's kind of scary, you know? It's really scary to say, I guess this freaking... A chemical coming through different elevations of my house. This is Hazard NYC, a mini-series from FAQ NYC. I'm Samantha Maldonado, a reporter with the city. And I'm Jordan Gosporé, an independent journalist and podcast producer. On this episode, we take you to New York City's latest Superfund site, the Meeker Avenue Plume. The Meeker Avenue plume is made up of hazardous chemicals located under several blocks in North Brooklyn. The story starts with an oil spill, one of America's biggest ever. This is the same oil spill that's right near Newtown Creek, as we got into in the last episode. Over the course of a century, millions of gallons of petroleum products stored in an oil refinery and storage facilities in Greenpoint leaked into the neighborhood's soil. A massive underground oil spill in Brooklyn may be far worse than anyone knew. The spill happened in Greenpoint, possibly. In the mid-2000s, when New York State was monitoring that oil spill, they discovered something separate and new. They found cancer-causing chemicals in Greenpoint's groundwater and soil. They named what they found the Meeker Avenue plume, although it stretches beyond the avenue. Okay, wait, let's back up. What's a plume? Sometimes I say it's an underground puddle. That's Lisa Bloodgood, a longtime Greenpoint resident. It's just an area that is subsurface, so below ground level, and the contaminants are commingling with the soil, with the groundwater, and the spaces of air in between the soil particles within that area. The EPA is conducting its own investigation of the contamination and figuring out which businesses are probably responsible for it. The agency is building off what the state already found. These are nasties. These are nasty chemicals. Judith Zelikoff is a toxicologist at New York University's Department of Medicine. When you look at the chemicals that come out of these particular industries, you have things, and what's been identified very clearly and at high levels has been the trichloroethylene, the tetrachloroethylene, the DCE, the dichloroethylene, and vinyl chloride. Those chemicals are typically in industrial solvents and degreasers. 
when the state researched the plume, it linked those chemicals to six former local businesses, dry cleaners, metal and brass foundries, and soap and lacquer manufacturers. These chemicals are known to have health effects when the exposure level is high and when the exposure is continuous for long periods of time. And especially the trichloroethylene and the tetrachloroethylene are both known and recognized carcinogens. The EPA is trying to find out which chemicals are in the groundwater and in what concentrations. In order for the agency to do that, they're looking into groundwater monitoring wells installed throughout the area. So this is a a groundwater monitoring well. It's designated DEC-049R. There are over 300 monitoring wells just like this one. And then around Green That's Point. John Brennan. He works with the EPA as a project manager for the site. We're below the Kosciusko Bridge in Greenpoint. There are a bunch of skateboarders shredding in a nearby skate park. John unscrews the cap of a groundwater well. It's essentially a manhole cover, one you probably step on all the time without noticing. There's a PVC pipe in the hole. It's surrounded by concrete up to the surface and the pipe goes all the way down to the water table. We can put a pump down the well and we can pull the groundwater out. Groundwater samples get put in a jar inside a cooler with ice and then they'll get delivered to a laboratory. The lab will perform tests and send back data that'll let John and his team know about the levels of contamination in the water. We want to get a full assessment about what the groundwater condition is in this area. John says this investigation could take years. What we'll do is we'll take a look at the data, see if there's any data gaps, see if there's any places maybe we need to put more wells. The DEC, that's New York State's Department of Environmental Conservation, has already done a lot of work on this site. But John says the EPA wants a more holistic view. They did a a great deal of groundwater sampling. They focused on certain source areas that they discovered. What we're doing now is trying to look at all of them at once. So sample 320 monitoring wells all at once. The wells vary in depth. They're anywhere from 30 to 130 feet. John says it's important to know how far down the contamination goes so the EPA can understand the bounds of the plume. Do we have the the bounds both horizontally and vertically to say we know where that plume ends or, or do we not? So that's really a big part of what we're trying to determine. Based on information uncovered by the state, the area of the plume is just west of McGoldrick Park. It's shaped almost like a chevron, with its point directing us eastward. It straddles the Brooklyn-Queens Expressway in North Brooklyn, right before the highway heads northeast into Queens. But the plume can move. It can change direction. Its chemicals could even get into Newtown Creek. The creek is another nearby Superfund site, as we heard all about in episode one. The EPA will look at the risks the plume poses to the environment and to human health. Judith Zelikoff, the NYU toxicologist, says the dangers of the contamination depend on the exposure. If you're exposed for a short time to these chemicals, uh, you can have what we call acute effects. And those effects are things like your eyes water, you get dizzy, you get brain fog. The chemicals in general do not stick around very long. So they are excreted pretty quickly in the body. They don't form a high body burden. But the story changes for long-term exposure. When you're exposed to something day after day after day, 
it's definitely injurious to the organ systems. And once they cause a mutation or a change in the cell, let's say in the kidney, then it certainly could go on to lead on to kidney cancer. Judith says you can be exposed through contact with soil or by breathing in the chemicals. The one thing that people in Meeker Ave are concerned about is vapor intrusion. That's how toxic fumes can start from the plume and get into the air inside a building where it can be inhaled. People who live or spend a lot of time in basements or ground floors are the most at risk of harmful effects if there is vapor intrusion. Back underneath the bridge, John explains how vapor intrusion works. Essentially, what happens is these groundwater, these contaminants get down into the soil, they get down into the groundwater, and then they begin to travel around. But they don't like to stay in the groundwater for very long because they're volatile. They turn into gas. Then they get up under a home or a residence or a commercial building. And then unfortunately, sometimes they can work their way into that home. The chemicals can come in through cracks or crawl spaces or through pipes. Greenpoint and East Williamsburg are dense areas with lots of homes and businesses sitting on top of the plume. These sites are at risk of vapor intrusion. And remember how the EPA is figuring out where the plume is and whether it might move? Well, climate change can affect both the plume's movement and the risk of vapor intrusion. As a result of a warming planet, sea levels will rise between about a foot and two feet in the next three decades. That's according to predictions from the New York City Panel on Climate Change. As the sea level comes up, groundwater is either going to discharge more to streams and creeks and cracked underground pipes, or it's going to rise. It's like it's either going to leak out or it's going to rise. That's Christina Hill. She's an associate professor at UC Berkeley's College of Environmental Design and a researcher on groundwater. As sea levels rise, groundwater can also rise, and that can cause a plume to change direction. If it changes direction or gets shallower, then the gas component of all those chemicals can behave differently, like it can sneak into a sewer line and up into buildings. But how does someone know if vapor intrusion is a problem? Well, through indoor air tests. Over the past few years, state and federal agencies have tested homes in the area for vapor intrusion. Now the EPA wants to ramp up the efforts. We don't have a goal per se. I would certainly like to sample as many houses as we can. The City's Hazard NYC podcast is supported in part by Brooklyn Solar Works, a solar design and installation firm dedicated to helping homes and buildings in New York City reduce their energy costs and their carbon footprints. Want to know if your home or building is right for solar? Schedule a free consultation by visiting brooklynsolarworks.com or by calling 347 712-3915. I want to tell you about another podcast to check out called Drilled. Drilled is a true crime podcast about climate change that's hosted by award-winning investigative journalist Amy Westervelt and reported by a team of climate journalists. The podcast investigates the various obstacles that have kept the world from responding to climate change. You can listen now to the latest episodes of Drilled wherever you get your podcasts. We went to visit an East Williamsburg resident who had her home tested for vapor intrusion years ago by the state. Her house sits directly on the plume. Her name is Christine Fasella. She's owned her brick row home since 2009. It's half a mile from Newtown Creek and just blocks away from the National Grid Depot and warehouses that big trucks drive into all the time. But her backyard is a lush urban oasis. The afternoon we visited, she had three cats lounging around the house. And your cat is adorable. 
Oh, that's not my cat. Oh, that's the. That's, this is like a, this is the, I don't know what to call this. There's a party here every day. We have one cat, but there's often five. Is so that the cat? Like, that's, that's Cloudy. He's one of the stray guys. Okay. There's three stray guys that come here and demand food, often six, six. More than a decade ago, the State Department of Environmental Conservation contacted her. They got in touch and said, do you mind if we take some air samples? The state tested her three-story home for vapor intrusion. They took samples, and they said that they had no readings. Everything was all right, but they put in a mitigation system anyway, or asked us, do you want this? And it was free, so we said, yes. Why wouldn't we do that? The mitigation system is basically like a pipe that runs from the basement to the roof. It can pull out and then vent any harmful vapors. I've been assured that the mitigation system is enough to keep, you know, things safe. Christine showed us one small part of the system, a gauge. We're in the bathroom, which is very, very small. (laughs) But this is the shaft that sort of connects the whole building. We peek through a window in her bathroom that looks out to an interior shaft. It's all hidden in the shaft that is useless besides, you know, connecting the plumbing in this house. And it goes all the way up to the roof And there's a little fan, and it just sucks out, I guess, the ground vapor, if if there is anything, and and spews it out. The system has been in Christine's house since 2010. She says inspectors have come by to check it out a few times. But that's it. This is the kind of testing and work the EPA will do around the neighborhood. Some locals are pushing for their neighbors to get it done. But property owners need to give permission first. And that means renters have to ask their landlords to get testing done. Heidi Vanderlee is a Greenpoint resident who is also helping to get the word out about testing. She says she's been renting an apartment on the plume since last April. I moved from one spot in the plume to another spot in the plume. Like I stayed because this is my neighborhood. In her last apartment, Heidi says she asked the EPA to contact her landlord to get them to test the building. My old landlord was not happy. (laughs) I don't think it's why she asked me to move out, but I don't think it helped. Heidi says she's not sure if the testing ever happened at our old place. In her current place, Heidi lives on the third floor of the building. That puts her at a lower risk of any possible vapor intrusion, especially compared to her neighbor who lives on the ground floor. Heidi spent time tabling at the weekly farmer's market at McGoldrick Park and talking at community meetings to get the word out. I've had all kinds of conversations and people have been pretty engaged, actually. Like, that's one thing I'll say about this neighborhood is people really care about what happens in it. And, you know, some people, it ranged from like terrified to like, oh, well, I knew this place was poison anyway. Or like, oh shit, I should ask my landlord, but I don't think we'll do it. And we also got some homeowners who said, oh crap. Heidi says some homeowners are skeptical of the government in general. We also heard that some homeowners don't want the government to know about their tenants living in illegal basement apartments. And not every tenant knows that there's an issue here to ask about in the first place. A lot of people also just do not know this is happening. And it's just a hard situation because like, do you want to tell people who are on the first floor living in a basement what's going on? And then they're like, well, shit, I'm not cool with my landlord. What do I do? Like, it sucks, right? It's a very weird catch-22 situation. And like, We're put in the position of trying to navigate that. In November, Heidi and some neighbors hosted a meeting in the basement of a Greenpoint church. 
It was to tell landlords about the plume and encourage them to get testing. So right now I am going to give the microphone to the EPA. They will introduce themselves and they will give There were people to translate the meeting into Spanish and Polish. The landlord asked about how the testing would affect their property values and many other questions. If you have a crawl space and you, you don't have a slab on grade, but the crawl space is vented out already, do you need this? Is there any sort of compensation because of this? I mean, or like what happens if you breathe this in? I think a lot of people are reluctant to have any governmental agency go into their towns. As another part of organizing around the plume, the group of neighbors asked the EPA to test the Cooper Park houses for vapor intrusion. Cooper Park is a public housing development on the border of Greenpoint and East Williamsburg. Contamination is of particular concern for Alicia Fye, more commonly known as EW. I grew up in the community, so, you know, you have to keep your ear on the pulse of the community, you know try to preserve and protect it as much as you can. E.W. is in his 70s and has lived at Cooper Park most of his life. He's a fixture of the community and vice president of the Cooper Park Houses Resident Council. He understands what it means to live in a heavily trafficked industrial corridor. It's just a a plethora of different things that we're, uh, the north side, it's being attacked with, you know, uh, of pollution, you know. And it, it didn't just start yesterday. E.W. grew up playing on land that is now a baseball field. Well, a closed baseball field. Closed because of the levels of dangerous chemicals found in the soil. And of course, nearby is a massive underground oil spill, the one mentioned at the beginning of this episode. That's not all. We started out with the the trucking. We was receiving 75% of the garbage, am I right? At one point. Right here. Right here. Right in our backyard. And there's the Meeker Avenue plume. I'm just finding out about the plume. Cooper Park Houses does not sit on the plume, but the EPA tested the houses for vapor intrusion anyway. Even though it might be outside the boundaries, they're still, we're still part of this community because the way this place is divided, if you go across the street, you're in this Greenpoint area, but this side is the Winsburg area, so we're still part of it no matter what side of the street we're on. That's CW's neighbor, Deborah Benders. She's the president of the resident council. That's a role, she says, involves. A lot of work. A lot of work that's not paid, but I don't mind doing it because I love where I live at. Part of that work is staying informed about the Meeker Avenue plume. She was at the meeting when the EPA shared results of the Cooper Park testing. For the most part, the results were clean, but the EPA found high levels of contaminants in a few samples. But what was found was likely not from the plume. Whatever it was, it was like cleaning products. The EPA found it didn't need to take any other action at the Cooper Park houses for the time being. But Deborah and EW were glad to have the sampling done. It's a way to protect their neighbors, who have among the highest rates of asthma, COPD, and heart disease in the city. Any information they have is another tool to arm them in the fight against pollution in their community. I asked Deborah what she wants for her neighborhood. I wouldn't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> Just so we get some clean air. I mean, like trucks not coming through here as much as some of these factories, but we don't have as many as we used to have years ago. So that's a plus too. So, I mean, hmm. And change how people do things, you know. For Deborah and EW, the Plumes remediation is just one piece of improving the environment in their neighborhood. It's a lifetime battle. And uh, we have to we have to really try to combat this and, and 
get a hold to a vision. That's what's so important about the Superfund cleanup. For many, it's home and they're not going anywhere. It's more than, than just a toxic site. Christine Fisella again. One of the things that I love about it, because we are at the end of the world, is it's a haven for wildlife. Um, and so, I don't know, you know, I want people to know that too, that this isn't just a gross place. And I'm, I'm a little tired of people saying you need to move because we're kind of dedicated to our space and land. This has been episode two of Hazard NYC, a special four-part limited series from FAQ NYC. The show was written and hosted by Samantha Maldonado and me, Jordan Gospore, the creator and editor of the show. Our engineers are Adam Kamara and Mark Bush, who also did our sound design. Music for the show was composed by Nick Pennington. Artwork by Matthew Fleming. Come back tomorrow to hear episode three. FAQ NYC is part of the city, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc give if you'd like to pitch in. I'm Harry Siegel, FAQ NYC's executive producer. The pod also receives support from PNT Knitwear, an independent bookstore, cafe, and event space on Manhattan's Lower East Side with a podcast studio that can be freely reserved for community use. The pod's a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists, and is affiliated with the Colin Powell School at CUNY's City College, where co-host Christina Greer is one of the Moynihan Public Scholars' inaugural fellows.